0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good. Okay. There's this funny um, video on YouTube. This little boy, and he's in an argument with his mom. I think his name is Mate. Because um, he wants a cupcake. And he is, uh, and his mom's explaining to him very kindly, but, you know, surely why he can't have a cupcake. But every time she tries to open her mouth to explain, he says, Linda, Listen! Listen to me, Linda. Linda, you're not listening to me. And he's like two years old or, you know, he's like, you don't even think he's, he could talk. Listen to me, Linda, no. And, and, and just over, over um, talks her every time she tries to kindly explain. And um, he's really in a stew because it's his view, his opinion that he should get that cupcake and it's her view that he shouldn't get that cupcake. There's so much, um, so much arguing that goes on, so many points of view that we have you know arguing can cause a great deal of harm i was just in israel recently and they said that the streets of jerusalem were flowing with blood during the christian crusades points of view they were just different religions Untold injustices, violence, pain um, is caused by someone's, uh, some, by different points of view about religion, the color of skin, your sexual preference. your economic stature And the funny thing is like Matteo they all think they're right They all think they're right the terrorists think they're right In familial conflicts Each one thinks he or she is right. These ideas of views of right and wrong, good and bad, fair and unfair, just and unjust, He whose name shall not be spoken thinks he's right, the leader of our country. I bet he thinks he's right. Um, And I bet he thinks that he's good and his opposition is bad and he's a victim of abuse and he's a victim of their oppression and. It's not fair the way they talk about him. Fake news. Painful. The Nazis wouldn't allow fox hunting. They were very humane with foxes. And when the British came in, they allowed fox hunting again. Evidently, the Nazis were very uh, uh, hospitable hosts. You know, the, the, Before the war, the British would come there, and they were treated with great friendliness and welcome. And then we adopt these points of view. about ourselves cause us terrible conflicts and pain, thinking that we're, we're good and we've been treated unjustly. How many of you have been treated fairly all your life? Not many hands. You've been treated fairly all your life? <laughs> Kidding. Yeah, Um, and so then we think, uh, you know, we are right and they are wrong, or we think that we're bad because we've adopted we've adopted values from the society, we've adopted values from our families, we've adopted values from our culture we adopt the you know the hatreds that come our way we somehow we think they're justified because they've been so prevalent so we think there's good and there's bad and she's good and he's good looking and i'm not good looking and i'm not smart enough or I'm not athletic enough or, you know, as I grow up or all these views that involve comparative thinking. Self-judgments cause ourselves lots of splits in our in our thinking about ourselves and our strivings to be good, right, what's approved of, and hating ourselves for not not, uh, falling in line with the favorable views of our culture and society and families. There's a sutra in which an ascetic, his name is Diganaka, approaches the Buddha. And after they they exchange the customary pleasantries, he's a wandering ascetic, just like the Buddha was a wandering ascetic. And he said to the Buddha, nothing pleases me. That was his statement. That was his view. The Buddha recognized this as a view, a view of an ascetic, an ascetic who tries whose effort is to destroy all desire, destroy all wanting by destroying his body. The Buddha did that. So the Buddha said to Diganaka. Diganaka, does the view that nothing pleases you, does that please you? But Diganaka was kind of stubborn. And he said, Yeah, it pleases me, but I still stand by my case. You get to thinking he's not too smart in some way. He's an ascetic, he's not a meditator. So the Buddha went on to say. Well, Diganaka, if you stubbornly hold on to your view and someone else comes up and they have the view that everything pleases me and he's stubbornly fixated on his view, you're just going to argue. The consequences of your holding to view is argument, contention, suffering, strife. Diganaka could see this. And he desperately wanted peace. That's what aesthetics, spiritual people, all want peace. So this this was a, a powerful argument for Diganaka. And then the Buddha went on, suppose someone comes up to both of you and they say, well, some things please me and some things don't please me. And then the three of you get into a uh, Argument, and you all three hold on to your views. That, and see, the words are, this is the truth. All else is false, stubbornly, not given up easily. He says, and then you have to worry. You have to worry because this dispute will cause, this, this, uh, will cause trouble. It's caused a lot of trouble for you. That's what happens with views. So next time you get in an argument, you might keep that in mind, you know, that this is just gonna lead to dispute and trouble. That's the consequence of stubbornly holding on to views. It says in the scriptures, you you shouldn't talk ethics to someone who's not ethical. They'll just get into a big argument with you and be agitated and irritated. You shouldn't talk about wisdom to people who have no wisdom. And so on and so forth. So tenets of right speech, skillful speeches, say what's useful, what's helpful, and what can be heard. If it can't be heard, there's no, no reason to say it. It's just going to cause dispute and trouble. But views are a big part of our identity, we think we are our views so the bigger intention of this sutra is to undercut the foundations of self of identity so the Buddha went on to talk about the body how the body is in constant the body's diseased. The body has pain. The body gets old. The eyesight dims. The hearing goes away. The mind becomes dull and kind of crazy sometimes. We have aches and pains as we get older our bones kind of calcify within our system and cover our hearts and stop our the flow of our blood and our energy so there's a uh, a ritual in Tibet when a monk dies he's taken to a charring ground and there are men there with long knives they are called slicers and they slice up the flesh into little pieces And then hordes of vultures descend on the flesh and eat it up within two or three minutes. And then the monks go to the bones and they grind up the bones into powder and throw them to the sky. Self, where's the self? Where's the self in this body? You've seen how your body has changed so much, gets sick too, lets us down, inconstant. So we can't hold on to our views and we can't depend on our bodies. You thought this was this evening about metta. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so, uh, and then he went on to talk about change in general. Sometimes we're pleased. Sometimes we're not pleased. Sometimes it's sort of nothing, not like in the neutral, neutral zone. Sometimes we like what we taste and sometimes we don't like what we taste, don't like what we hear like what we see, don't like what we feel, or just don't feel that much at all, always changing. And along with the changes in our feelings are the changes in our mental processes and the changes in our perceptions. what could please us one minute could have no consequence on us the next minute or could displease us the next minute as our perceptions change. I once had an operation and I was in pain and my perceptions were all like, nothing pleased me. I was, you know, nothing. I didn't want to eat. Nothing tasted good. So um, Diganaka on hearing, so you can't count on anything because everything's changing all the time. Thoughts, consciousness, feelings, perceptions, the body, views. So Diganaka uh, was not very advanced before he heard this, but as he heard this, he became what's called a stream enterer. He got faith. He got faith in the path, the path. and, and, he, uh, and faith is, uh, is like an entry into the path. It's like showing up, showing up for the present moment, wanting to see what's here. On the other hand, Shariputra was there. And Shariputra was, he entered Arhatship. He was enlightened by this uh, dissertation. So I am a uh, somewhat recent grandfather. There's a baby in my life now. And this baby, he seems like, you know, he doesn't have views, and he's not attached to his body, and he's not, you know, not attached to much of anything. He's just, he's just going with the flow. And he's held, it, feel, it seems to me that he's held in love. That for him, being here is love. I go on to see him, and he's being held by someone, and they, they see me at the door. And a big smile, big smile comes across his face and his eyes. They light up. And he does this with, you know, not just me, with his grandma and his mom and his dad. And I brought a cousin over who we'd never met before last, last Saturday. And he did the same thing with her. He's a flirt. He likes everybody. He likes love. Most people have goodwill toward a baby. I guess he knows that, and then my daughter, I could hold her forever; she just loved to be held, but when she was little, but he he's a boy, and I guess boys might be different, and he's different anyhow he just he wants to get out and go, and so I put him down, and he crawls here and he crawls there and it it doesn't make really much sense what he does. You know, he goes over to some cups and he plays with some cups for a while, and then he But he feels so safe, obviously so safe in doing whatever he does, going wherever he goes, crawling in one direction, then turning around and crawling in another direction. So he's unified. He feels unified here, and i uh, I know i 'm going to watch him grow up, and he 's going to have to deal with views and he's going to ha- he 's going to deal with identity and self, and he 's going to have to find his way through this these structures that we create, these, these delusions that we create to get along in this world. He's going to be told by his mom you can't have that cupcake. So the Buddha was an ascetic and he was a very strong practicing ascetic. It was said that he got so thin, cadaver thin, that you could barely fit a mustard seed between his stomach and his spine. And he wasn't getting anywhere. He, wasn't, his, he was not relieving himself from stress and suffering. He realized this is not working. And he was in some kind of despair And he couldn't walk, and he was crawling to the river to get some water. And this kindly, lovely 18-year-old girl, her name was Sugata, saw him from across the river. She was a shepherdess tending to her sheep, and she'd been watching the Buddha for a long time. So she made some porridge out of rice and sheep's milk, a porridge. And she put it into a bowl and and brought it over to him. And with great kindness, she handed it to him. And wordlessly, he took it, felt her kindness, and ate the porridge. And he somewhat revived, he revived. And as he revived, maybe from Sugata's kindness and the porridge, a vision came over him, an epiphany, you could say an enlightenment. And it was a vision of himself as a boy, an eight-year-old boy, how he was as a boy. He was sitting under the shade of a tree Maybe some sunlight was coming through, and he was watching his father um, in chariot, in a chariot, doing a ceremony in the fields beyond—a a harvest ceremony. And what he saw, he was what he witnessed, was some great peace and well-being. An absorption in unity in this boy, this simple, innocent, safe boy, secure, comfortable watching his dad, and um. happy. And it was, and this was Buddha's enlightenment. This is the way. This is the way. Just back to this simplicity, this unity, this safety of just being here. And then he went over to a tree, the Bodhi tree, and he sat under the tree and he vowed to meditate until he was completely and thoroughly illuminated with this vision. And I think that's why we sit. We unplug from, at least that's our intention, I think, that's our faith that we'll unplug from all of our views, from all of our wants and all of our hates and all of our fears and all of our doubts. And and we'll be able to sit in some kind of unity, I think that's the, uh, the momentum, at least it brought me to the cushion to find this unity again, the unity of Emmet, the baby, the unity of Buddha, Shariputra, of the boy. The peace and ease before views. Before selves start fragmenting our experience. So, like Diganaka, we have faith and we enter the stream. That's the mark of faith, entering the stream, sitting with a momentum. Not to follow our hates and our wants and our fears and our views. A momentum to be in presence. Just to be in presence. And something that I've... that I've learned about meditation is... is I value this momentum. This momentum of faith. Um, faith is called sada, and it's accompanied by a word bala, which is strength. And a, a, a much better translation for us than faith is confidence. Sitting with confidence, confidence in this unity, and strength in this unity, and entering, entering into the stream, entering into. The present moment with strength and confidence and um, so you know we i think it 's common it was for me I know uh, to like you know go off in the thought and get, you know drift away from the present moment, and i can 't do this and you know criticize ourselves and judge ourselves and say or like say come back and you know jerk ourselves back and Kind of a, a, with a, 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 an anger, like a, an aversion, uh, a judgment is uh, can, can enter in. But I think we're much better served to just, rather than that, like I've got to come back, rather than that, re-enter. Get in touch with the momentum, the momentum that brought you here. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but maybe you can experience it. Experience the momentum and then just stay with the momentum and, and then go off and, and then knowing that momentum, knowing that confidence. And we can do that in our daily life too. We can just like stay with the stream. The stream of the presence, of your presence. So let's meditate. And I just want to introduce this by saying this meditation will be um, just simply about our receiving are receiving just the warmth of being here Are receiving we, we know about goodwill toward others we know about friendliness toward, just kind of receiving um, some, some warmth just some basic fundamental warmth that's in our hearts. The heart is the uh, where the mind is located in Eastern religion. It's called the chitta. So before we enter into meditation, I just want to read you a poem that might arouse your chitta. This is called dying to love die 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 in this love if you die in this love your soul will be renewed die die don't fear the death don't fear the death of that which is known if you die to the temporal views body feelings you die to the temporal you will become timeless die die cut off those chains that hold you prisoner to the world of attachment die 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 to the deathless and you will be eternal die die and come out of this cloud when you leave the cloud you will be the effulgent moon Die, die, die to the din and the noise of mundane concerns. In the silence of love you will find the spark of life. Sometimes a poem needs to be read again to get it. Would you like me to read it again or is that good enough? I'll read it again. Die, die, die. Die in this love. And I think of this love as the momentum of this confidence. If you die in this love, your soul will be renewed. Die, die. Don't fear the death of that which is known. If you die to the temporal, you will become timeless. Die, die. Cut off those chains that hold you prisoner to the world of attachment die 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 to the deathless and you will be eternal die die and come out of this cloud when you leave the cloud you will be the effulgent moon die 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 to the din and the noise of mundane concerns in the silence of love you will find the spark of life So enter into presence and have some contact with your heart, the texture of your heart. if you can allow your presence and your heart, allow it to penetrate your foundations. So this is for you. You don't deserve anything. You don't have to give anything back. Is for you, and dislodge all triggers. Unplug. From all your wantings, just for now, all your becomings, just for now, all your hatings. Simple little boy, little girl. Just receiving this. You're safe here. Receive just the goodwill in your heart. That's enough. No need to become anything. There is no future. Just this heart, just this goodwill here, no past. And you're perfect just the way you are. You don't have to be anything different. your nature. I get a sense of the momentum of this and of this showing up with presence, heart presence. And when the mind drifts off into different worlds, remember this energy. and just continue. Just pick it up and continue. You don't have to look like anything This would be the same if you had no skin at all. This presence, this goodwill, receiving this Don't have to do anything. You are welcome here. You're welcome just the way you are. You're a warm host and a guest. Allow this to sink into your reflexes. This ground, ground of being. Warm ground of being. Like warm water. Warm hands on your chest. circling your arms and hands. Warming your belly and all the organs, warming all the organs that work tirelessly to keep us alive, our pancreas and abdomen and kidneys and lungs, heart. intestines, digesting our food and breathing us, pumping warm blood through our bodies. Keeping us warm. Warm hands on the back. our being, pervading every part of our body, around our neck, whole, unified in this warmth, wrapping around our head. Warm hands on our face. Penetrating our jaw. Holding the tension, it's okay. Nothing is required of you. Penetrating the eyes. Warming the forehead and the back of the head. and the thinking muscle, the brain. Dying to love. being held like a baby, like a boy in space and light, unified. This is enough. Wrapping around the legs and the hips, the pelvis. penetrating the bone. When thoughts come kind to thoughts, come back to this momentum of presence, of being with presence, warming the feet on the ground. nourished by this kindness, healed by this kindness, the warmth of presence is medicine for all of our ills. Abiding in this. Being held This quality like space, like a sunny day, sitting under a tree. Dissolving into this. Dissolving into this space. Measureless. Warmth, Abundant Kindness, This Realm of Goodwill, All for you now. Any questions or comments? We have about a minute.